you know, when you're on the phone calling, like I am dialing numbers and, dialing. and calling yeah. and speaking to them and it, and it's over and next, right? Like I used to yeah. look at their house on Google and, oh, his email address says at Rogers. And it's like, I look up his position on Rogers on LinkedIn so I can build rapport <laughs> and just doing this ridiculous stuff, right? Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't really work, but I think the top people are just, are really driving in that and I think part of it comes from, you know, when you're in a program like this or when you're really living a big life, you're taking on so many different things, you know, wearing mm-hmm. so many different hats, having so many different roles and so many different friends that, you know, you're, you're almost forced to learn how to do this and, right. and, and learn how to just be more intentional with your time. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Super excited about bringing just an amazing, amazing young leader of our program. Uh, his name's uh, Luke Fenn. Luke is in his fifth year in our program. So two years managing, uh, one year as what we call a mini district manager, and then the past two years as, as a district manager, you know, running over a million dollars worth of business. Uh, here's a student who's... Uh, you know, just wrapping up school. He owns his own house. He's run, you know, million dollar businesses. Uh, he uh, did this massive, massive job that he'll tell the story of. And, um, you know, 20 people per job that doing, I think it was $150,000 worth of business over, a, over a number of weeks, just incredible. And it really looks really a testament to the type of leaders that we develop at the student works management program. And, uh, yeah, just just someone I'm certainly really, really uh, proud of, really, really proud to uh, be working with and so glad that he's here developing the amazing leaders that we have in our program. And uh, you know that that's what I'm up to here is, is finding young people who really want to be in action in the world, really want to make a difference in the world. There are just so many things the world needs right now. Like we're just calling for leaders to solve the big, issues of the day, and then the smaller issues of the day, which then all round up to helping to solve the big, big issues of the day. So if you know any young leaders, please forward them to us. And uh, you could send an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You could ask them to apply at leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. You could send them to studentworks.com. So you could also send them a link to our podcast so they can hear about the amazing alumni and amazing people involved in our business. Thanks so much. I hope you have an unbelievably great day. And uh, thanks, thanks so much. I know you're going to love this podcast. So Luke, thank you so much for joining the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. So why don't we roll back to, you know, uh, a Peterborough boy coming to Western <laughs> and us, uh, us uh, having the good fortune of meeting Luke on campus. And, and why don't you just walk us through your experience, you know, before you got to be a district manager and, and you know, play a, play a role as a leader in the business. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I didn't realize that I knew student works painting already. So I had had, yeah. well, Mitch Lowry was like a friend of a friend who had, uh, who had operated this business previously in Peterborough. 
And yeah. I actually, I later found out that I had a bunch of buddies that had worked for him as, as painters. Yeah. So I was introduced to the program uh, on campus. I was in my first year at Western uh, studying consumer behavior. So in kind of the business program there. And I got introduced to Student Works, and I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I if I knew I wanted to do it. I came to one info session, and then went to a right. second info session, and then just realized I was like, "Oh my god, you know what? This is this is a really good opportunity for me," because right. I had thought somewhere in my head that I was an entrepreneur. Like I had, I had known kind of, but I never really got right. the 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 opportunity to, uh, I guess, like try it out or express it. So. I right. went the application process and then ended up being lucky enough to be selected. And then mm. uh, my first year, I ran my business in, in Peterborough, which is my hometown. Mm. Had a great year. It was it was a lot of work. Did really well. I did just about a hundred thousand dollars on the dot. Hundred thousand four hundred twenty one dollars. Right. Don't forget the number. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and had an incredible year. It was it was really challenging. It was really stressful. And really, really rewarding. And then I decided I wanted to come back for a second year. And I think part of the reason why it was stressful is like hired hired a bunch of my friends. Uh, I kind of struggled with my integrity. Like I wasn't always right. doing the things I was supposed to be doing. Right. My organization was was non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of work to do. And I knew there was a lot more work for me. And I knew there was so much right. value in coming back for a second year. So I came back for a second year and and after my first summer still made great profits, made it to our, you know, um, Mexico trip and everything like that. Right. And coming back for my second year, I had made a, uh, pretty powerful declaration to myself. I had declared, uh, that I was going to have a stress-free year. Awesome. And in choosing to have a stress-free year, there was a lot of things I knew I would have to do to avoid things that cause stress. Stress. Yes. <laughs> one of them I bet was planning. <laughs> yes, I think, <laughs> I think one of the biggest parts of that was definitely planning. So I kind of had like looked and done a lot of like, I guess, analysis and, and really looked back at my last year and thought, you know, what are the things that, that cause me stress? Like the things that would cause me stress are like, you know, due to a lack of planning or organization, like, you know, showing up late to things or uh, not being in good communication with my clients, mm-hmm. not setting great great expectations with my employees, uh, not being really really thorough in my recruiting process and make sure I was I was bringing on the best people ever. You know, missing equipment on job sites or not having the right things for my team, and then they would be a little annoyed, and then you know I'd be scrambled and I'd be like running right. around town like crazy, like I had worked way too hard, <laughs> you know, that first year for you know what what I could have worked and had a way better year. So. In my second year, I had just like focused on on recruiting the best team ever. I had the best team mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, I had right. hired a more kind of senior partner, uh, production manager named Michelle, who was who was so incredible. I had the best painters in, in the world, and <clears throat> I decided, I guess, that I kind of wanted to run as things were going really well. And mm-hmm. and you know it was a pretty it was a far easier year far less stress right I decided I was going to run this you know quote unquote lifestyle business okay so I had a trip booked to Kelowna and Banff I was going to visit my aunt for a week right and I had went out west and I had planned just so well like in a way I'd never before like these are all the jobs you guys are going to be doing took my production manager introduced her to the clients. You know, right. walked her through the jobs. Like, this is exactly what you're going to do. 
bought all the, you know, all the paint, all the all materials, the equipment. Yep. you know, yep. a week in advance, everything was so, so well set up and perfect. And I was gone for, I think eight days. And then in those eight days I had, I had, after those eight days, I guess I came back. I hadn't gotten any phone calls, not from my painters, not from my clients. Right. And I come back and, and everything was perfect. A whole bunch wow. of filled out contracts and, a whole bunch yep. of, and checks and checks. checks collected profit made <laughs> yeah. yes. a big stack of checks. And I was like, wow, this, this is really good. Like I've built something that's really working without me. I trained everyone so well that they were able to do everything without me actually being there. And it was so organized in advance that I had realized by, you know, putting in the prep work ahead of time was a lot better than yes. figuring it out as I go. So, yes. so that was great. And then I was back in London where I was running my business now in my second year, I'd switched to London. Right. And my brother was actually in Europe on backpacking through Europe. And I had essentially just uh, asked my production manager if she would be willing to take a nice, a nice juicy raise. And if my painters would be autonomous enough to make it happen, I had taught her how to sell work. So she was actually selling work. Uh, And then I had actually kept my business running for three, three weeks while I was in Europe and then flew right from Europe to Toronto for one night for a banquet. (laughs) So, so that was amazing. And I think I, I just remember just being in Europe and just deciding, like, like I was like, this is so amazing. I'm making incredible money. I'm learning so much. I've leveraged mm-hmm. an incredible team. And that was when I had decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life. Like, this is, this is what it is. <laughs> this is what right. I'm doing. I, lo- I love this. Totally get it. And it's so, you know, for our leaders, it's, it's a skill set. And Luke's got a lot of the clear skill sets, sales, marketing, enrollment, engagement. And it's also these areas where a lot of times people fall off planning, you know, structure, consistency, expectations, management, process. Mm-hmm. Those things are actually in many ways more important than the other things, you know, mm-hmm. just, and especially if you want to do what Luke's just shown his ability to do is literally go away for a month and have your business really perform at a really high level. So that's, that's just an incredible thing. And, and obviously something that, you know, how many university students have ever experienced anything like that? Yeah. But we frankly have that happen, you know, pretty regularly. Not, yeah. not you know, uh, like, you know, certainly one or two people easily a year set that goal. Because by the way, as well, with our operations, you know, people could say, hey, no, I'm going to stay and keep growing the business and take more money, right? So, yeah. so everyone always has a, has a choice. And I know as well, your third year, you know, you really had a unique experience so why don't you walk walk our our, our leaders through that opportunity? Because really, pretty unique opportunity. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I think I I kind of made that choice to to focus on making as much money as possible in my third year, like you're saying. Right. And I really wanted to run this big, you know, monstrous business. And things were going really well in my third year. So I had I had built a really great team again. You know, mainly new people. I hired another great production manager, uh, Dan, who was kind of like my right hand man. And uh, yeah, so I guess the story begins, well, I had sold about $130,000 worth of work and my goal was 250,000. So I was nowhere close. Um, mm-hmm. We were producing at a really, really good rate though. Like we were, we were on track to be finished all of our work by the end of July right. or mid July. So we could have kept selling, producing a little bit more, but essentially there was this big trickle event from one conversation I had that taught me so many lessons in my life. So I was at a home show or like a trade show where people come to book work with contractors. 
And this guy had come up to me and, you know, he wasn't dressed very well and he was kind of quiet, like, like wasn't a super social guy or anything like that. And, uh, he was telling me about that he has a fence that he wants to get stained. Right. And we're having a conversation about it. And, you know, I'm kind of like writing this guy off. Like, I'm like, this isn't going to work. Uh, he says his budget's $300. I'm like, that's really low, but, but we end up having a follow-up call. And I asked him some more questions about the project. It seems a little bit more promising. He's like, come over, give me a quote. So, so I go to his house and I'm driving on Google maps. And I'm driving through this, this area. And I'm like, oh boy, these houses are pretty nice. And they keep getting nicer and nicer and nicer. I'm like, nicer, yeah. this $300 fence guy, I don't know. So, and then I, and then I pull up to his house, beautiful, beautiful house. I go inside. He's got like Versace plates, 25 foot ceilings with like all glass <laughs> in the back. And no he, wonder you only want to spend three hundred dollars. That's how we made them that's so much how, money. That's how he's getting all this nice <laughs> stuff. I'm not paying for painting, you'd think. But anyway, so this guy was was an amazing guy. I end up booking a job with him for thirty six hundred dollars for the fence. Right. So twelve times <laughs> well his, done. his opposed budget. Right. So much for so much for that budget. And uh, anyway, so you know, you book a fence job, and what we'll typically do is go around and and, and talk to all the neighboring houses that share the same houses. fence, right? Hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're sustaining this guy's fence. If you want to sustain yours, it's going to look amazing. This right. is the kind of like, you know, the cost. And I knock on the next door neighbor's house. You know, they're not too interested in the fence, but they want one bedroom painted. Right. I'm like, okay, for sure. So, you know, later on, I give them a quote for that one bedroom. And then they ask for a second bedroom and then third bedroom. And then the bedroom, they, you know, goes into a hallway, but then the right. hallway goes down the stairs into the foyer and the whole main floor is an open concept. <laughs> so, wow. I end up booking this project uh, with the next door neighbor for just under twenty thousand dollars wow. for, for interior painting. So this was the biggest project I had ever booked. You mm-hmm. know, super excited, um, painting the whole house white mainly actually, and and just the best clients ever. They were so so happy with the work. It had taken us about a month to do this project, and at the end of the project, all, all I knew is this guy owned uh, a farm, and right. he had phoned me and asked me if I if I knew how to paint steel pipes and I was like, you know what? I can, I can paint anything. Right. We'll figure it out. Right. Like, like oh, sure. Right. Take a look. So, uh, little did I know it was actually a big, uh, cannabis grow up, right. A legal one. And, uh, yes. they, had, <laughs> <laughs> they had so many, they had, they had 150,000 feet of two inch steel piping that they wanted right. painted. And I had never painted steel piping before, uh, really didn't know how to do it. And I had really just been super resourceful. I had reached out to every single person that I possibly could. I had a like a paint rep that was helping me with yeah. the quote. I had Pat. We had another guy with the painting company that was helping write up the quote and come up with ideas. I had asked these guys as many questions as I possibly could. I knew I was competing against other painting companies. And I was 21 years old at the time. And I had been competing with people that have been painting for 21 years. So like right. longer than I'd been alive. And they had already had a painter on the job site. I was able to kind of figure out what my competitors were using for products, uh, what right. they had offered for products. And I was able to come up with a pretty creative solution, thanks to my paint rep, where we actually didn't use a paint. It was an industrial marine coating. And why we decided that is we had really figured out what their need of the project was. Um, a lot of these painting companies were just offering them to paint the steel pipes just to cover them with white paint. Um, right. But we knew that for health and safety in the cannabis industry, there can't be any rust on anything. Ah. So we had found the same paint that they paint submarines with. 
because they were yeah. running hot water through this paint or through through right. the through the through the pipes, right? So they would be prone to getting rust if they didn't have a really really good paint or product. coating product, right? Yeah. So ended up booking the job uh, initially for ninety nine thousand dollars, and then they had had a thirty five thirty six thousand dollar add on, so it was about one hundred thirty five thousand dollars, not including paint, not including taxes. So it came to over two hundred thousand wow. um, dollars by the time we had finished the project which was crazy. So, you know, I was working with eight students, like eight guys on my team full time that summer. Uh, we had an, I was stealing painters from every painting company I could find. I was calling everyone <laughs> we knew. Right. And we ended up having about 21 people on the job site most days. Uh, right. We finished the project in about three weeks. Right. Incredibly high margins. Right. So made a ton, ton of money off that. And I think a week of those three weeks, I was in, I was in Exco for a top performer trip again. And the yeah, whole thing, the cool. whole project just went so well. We had had it like, you know, really a uh, factory level, military style efficiency. Like it was just everyone knew their role. It was so well tracked and well managed and, and everything just went really, really well with that. So yeah, I guess um, that had made yeah, for so a pretty unique year. No, very unique year and very like, and again, it, it shows the, the resources that are, are with student works management program, the, you know, the best painting company in the world, PPG, most successful painting company and the resources that they draw on and the advantages that there are. And obviously this job, very unique, very different, you know, not an opportunity most students do. Frankly, not an opportunity we'd really almost even allow most of our yeah. operators to go and operate with, right? Like, you know, obviously, you know, we knew you were capable of it and could handle it, but all the things that went into it is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted just to you know, have you share that, you know, some of the real unique opportunities that, that our, our team sometimes can get involved in, but you know, what made you want to start coaching young entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, um, when I had went through my first year as an owner operator, I just had such immense respect for my district manager. I, I thought he was the, the absolute man and had right. played a really huge role in my development as a leader you know, and just a business person or just even like, a, I guess, a person in general. Right. So at that point, you know, I figured I would really like to be in a position uh, like this to really make that kind of a difference in other people's lives. So I knew I wanted to go after it. But right. I think like the best and hardest part for me is that I realized for me to be an incredible coach or, or role model, um, I would have a lot of things I would have to clean up in my business and my life. Right. <laughs> right. Before I can start coaching other people. So from there, I guess I really got to work uh, on all the things that weren't working, you know, in my right. business and life, which definitely took some time and a lot of coaching to get there. Uh, yeah. But when I was in my, I guess, third year, I was brought on as a mini district manager, coaching two absolute beauties. I had known that this was something <laughs> uh, I loved, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I really wanted to keep doing. And I think it, uh, it forces you to hold yourself to a higher standard, yeah. which I love because I know that you know, by being held more accountable, I'm able to perform at a higher level for these people, you know, which is obviously great for myself as well. And I, and I keep on pushing and, and growing. So, so by having these people on, on my team that are looking up to you and asking you for help all the time, you know, you better yeah. be doing your best. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, and really as well, it's, it's, if you're not, then you're letting your team down and that's pretty crappy. Right. Yeah. And then also 
by you getting, and I know you got this, is by you performing at that higher level, it draws the people totally. towards that level of integrity, that level of performance. You know, they want to model you just like you've wanted to model your district managers. And okay, I, you know, and you see what's possible through your mentors. And that's one of the reasons why we think mentorship is so critical. Totally. Um, you know, and again, I was blessed with amazing mentorship in my life and a huge Ooh. part of my success. And that's something that, again, we're, we have in spades in our business. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca .ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. You know, so what surprised you most about being a coach and a mentor? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think, um, well, one thing is, it's funny, I know we have so many mantras and I'm probably ripping off other episodes, but, uh, you know, we, we believe in <laughs> a couple of things, right? R&D, rip off and duplicate. So I'm, I'm allowed to yeah. do this, right? And, you are, uh, for sure. you know, there are no such thing as business problems, just personal problems magnified through your business. And what surprised me the most is how incredibly personal it is being a quote unquote business coach. I don't, business I don't coach. think, you know, business coach or district manager really do justice to what we're responsible for, right? Like we're responsible right. for these people doing well. And like, you know, we're the students and they're mm -hmm. running their first business. You know, and it's really, really tough and they have so much kind of going on in their life and, and you end up being someone that is is really there for people and, and you really have right. to care. And I absolutely love my team and my team knows I love them, you know, and, and mm -hmm. anyone I've really worked with. And it, it was just a little surprising to me, I guess, how, you know, what kind of stuff you end up being introduced to, like you know, relationships, family, mental health, yeah, you know, what people are struggling with kind of ongoingly. And I think just to be a great leader or manager in, in any company anywhere in the world, you have to have the uh, EQ or social intelligence to be able to assist or help manage your team, knowing what's going on in their life or, or, or not, right? And it's okay yeah. if you don't, but being able to work with people, you know, in any scenario, because business is personal, right? And their yeah. personal problems are going to come right into their, <laughs> their business. You bet. So then you, you end up, you know, working them through personal problems all the time, which is so rewarding. And it's, it's a real honor to be, I guess, welcomed in people's lives the way you can be as, as a business coach, mm -hmm. you know, and it, not saying it's, you know, your job to ask about these things, but they just, they, you know, present they, they them come to you. up, they <laughs> show up, so, they show up. They yeah. sure do. And, and one thing as well for, for leaders to hear, you know, one of the w words that uh, Luke used there was, Hey, I, I love my team. And that that's totally true. And, and, you know, you work with Luke and you just know that's true. And, and that, you know, that's not a word that you hear a lot, right. Mm -hmm. You know, in a business context and 
that's you hear that here or you, you you know that's what our district managers do that's you know there's there's real love and commitment and focus and you know heavy hearts that that we're working with people who really matter to us and uh you know the relationships that that get created over making those changes and and really again it's not so much changes it's more development it's like Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm I'm 17, 18. I never thought that it was so important to hit a snooze button. Yeah. You know that I that I oh, I just missed my first commitment of the day. I never right. thought that that really no. mattered, or no, no. that I woke up and I didn't make my bed, or I'm leaving all sorts of crud all over my apartment, and yeah. my my I'm living in a shambles. You yeah. know, and my environment totally sucks. I never thought that that really mattered, but oh my god, that so matters. And mm-hmm. and I know as a result, those are things that we're, you're really coaching with your your operators for them to get. And then we all know that, hey, when integrity is in place, our word really works. It does. This works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So through doing this job, you really get to see and work with the best Mm -hmm. as well as all sorts of varying levels of success. What makes the best business owners the best business owners? Do do, do they all share something in common? Yes. Um, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think the first one is self-awareness slash like coachability. And I think those they're very similar. I think you have to be willing to be coached and willing to be vulnerable, right. you know, to, to feedback or to like constructive criticism. And, right. you know, the people that do really well are in constant communication and, and want the coaching. Like they, they're yeah. happy to be wrong or they're happy to find yeah. a new way to do things a little bit better. Yeah. A new yeah. opportunity. Exactly. And, and I think that's kind of in combination with action and like, you know, really being in action because the top people are always doing the most. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're doing the best with their amount of like phone calls or estimates. Like they're just on the phone the most they're out, you know, they're out seeing clients the most, or they're hiring people right. the most, they're doing the most interviews, all the, all that kind of stuff. And I know for me personally, like, uh, I had went to Landmark. I'm sure people have heard about this on the on the podcast so far, Landmark. But um, it's a kind of personal development course, and you know, I'd done it for about four years. And and when I had went to Landmark initially uh, for the first time four years ago, I had told them that I wanted I was there for consistency. I wanted to right. be more consistent, and I kind of thought that right. what, it, what what is what it was. And you know, when they had asked, like, you know, what I meant by that, I basically just dumped everything in my life on the table, like kind of hoping this three-day course would just magically fix it, right? You know, consistent. Yeah. I'm going to leave after these three days this weekend and just be a Fast. consistent guy. <laughs> Doing things, everything consistently, right? I was like 19 at the time, yeah. running my business in school. I had a girlfriend, you know, whatever. I'm a Western 19-year-old. I want to party and I want everything to work and work perfectly. And there's going to be something that kind of switches in my head, you know, kind of around consistency. And I guess looking back at that, it's kind of, funny thinking about that. And it took me a few years to really figure this one out. Um, and and I think like the, the thing is like I used to, and a lot of people don't take action with intention. So kind of meaning like when I used to sit down and make phone calls to my clients, like when I was running my business and stuff like that, I like, you know, 10, 15 phone calls an hour, book a couple estimates and, you know, a couple leave some voicemails and, you know, have a water and, kind of be hanging what right what yep. whatever that was but taking just massive action and just like you know when you're on the phone calling like I am dialing numbers and, dialing. and calling yeah. and speaking to them and it, and it's over and next right like I used to yeah. look at their house on Google and oh his email address says at 
Rogers and it's like I look up his position on Rogers on LinkedIn so I can build rapport <laughs> and just doing this ridiculous stuff, right? Like that didn't yeah. it didn't really work. But I think the top people are just are really driving in that and I think part of it comes from, you know, when you're in a program like this or when you're really living a big life, you're taking on so many different things, you know, wearing mm-hmm. so many different hats, having so many different roles and so many different friends that, you know, you're, you're almost forced to learn how to do this and, right. and, and learn how to just be more intentional with your time. Yes. But, but once you really realize that like thinking just about stuff <laughs> isn't going to help you, right? Like I would sit yeah. there and think and like, ah. Oh, what about this house? Like, what can I say about his house? <laughs> right. just things that just didn't matter, right? Even yeah. in like conversations with employees, I'm just overthinking and ah, oh, God, I got to lay out this perfect script to call this person to say oh, this thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. By just, you know, just doing and driving and being in action and having these conversations and dancing in the conversation, like just being present, For being sure. fully, fully there and being intentional with, with every action that you do, whether it's, you know, business or, or studying or hanging out with your girlfriend or, or going out with your right. friends and even right. just drawing it back to the organization and planning, like structuring your life in a, in a way that you're able to have all of these things work and you're going to have to make sacrifices, but you get to, when you lay it out on a nice calendar or whiteboard or whatever you do, pick and choose and then, and then follow that. And like, that was my decision. And this is the way it's going because I'm choosing this is the way it's going. So I, yeah, I guess to answer the question that the, the most common, uh, I guess, uh, parallel between all, all top performers would have to be just, you know, action with consistency or sorry, action with intention and, um, self-awareness coachability. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. And, you know, a lot of times people don't really get that they spend a lot of times just thinking in their mind, conjuring up programs. Oh, how will I do this? And when really the power is do, do, do act, act, act. Didn't go well. Great. Go to my coach. How do I get more coaching? How do I do that better? The only way I'm going to figure it out is have the conversation in the first place and then, okay, great. Do it again. Do it again. And not to say that there's no preparation because there actually is loads of training. There's loads of coaching. There's loads of preparation. And sometimes it may be worthwhile to role play. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we going to do this? But that's actually action. Yes, that is. Role playing is action. (laughs) So it's like, oh, hey, let's role play this. Okay, I'm going to say this, and you know, and they role play that. And well, what if they said that? Okay, what about this? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Let's go call. (laughs) Right, you know. So you know, because that's actually action is is because you're training yourself. Just like again, if you're a hockey player training, you know, Mm -hmm. stick handling or a basketball player dribbling or shooting. You know, these things are actions that impact performance. Yeah, because really, that's all we care about. Really. Uh, I shouldn't say all we care about, but performance is really what people want out of their lives is really high performance. So how's this role developed you into a better leader? Um, This role has developed me into a better leader by just having me be responsible for so much. I think like, like it's funny, like I, like I, I have so many friends now from, from being an entrepreneur and now I'm friends with all these, these entrepreneurs and, you know, that are doing different things and running different businesses and stuff like that. And it's really interesting. Like, I think both in on the business side of things and the personal side of things, you get such a vast overview of kind of, you know, how business works, uh, how it operates, like whether it's like sales, marketing, uh, recruiting, project management, hiring employees, having really tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And then even on the on the more personal side of things, like we were talking about earlier, like you, you get a whole new sense of working with people. Uh, you get to really realize, you know, how to work with different types of people and, and how people are better enrolled in, in their development and, in, you know, their business. 
kind of what gets people pumped up, what works and what doesn't work as a coach, things you can and can't say. Um, And I I think it's really just, you know, opened up a new opportunity for, you know, managing people, leading groups of people, um, stuff like that. Awesome. Awesome. And how do you think this role will be helpful in your career and your life in the future? Well, there's one one line I really love is how that uh, student works kind of gives you an unfair advantage uh, over mm-hmm. other people in in just getting. It, it's almost a sense of it's 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 a sense of very true confidence in knowing that you are capable of you know starting and running a very profitable business, managing people, looking at everything involved in this particular business that that you want to run. Like I'm so confident that you know, leaving this program, I can really do and take on whatever I want to with it. You know, it's my own business or like, you know, sales consulting or, or whatever it might be. It allows you to see the opportunities outside in the world that you probably didn't before. Right. And even just having like an, uh, an abundance mindset and just seeing where opportunities lie, uh, being able to capitalize them on them, getting a really good idea that the stuff about action, right? Like, like it's like a lot of people feel like people might get like really lucky in life, but I think like right. the harder we will, uh, the more that kind of comes to us. So right. I think, uh, I think it's going to be incredibly helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think one of the great things, and I know we, you know, we talk about this often is, is that this model works. Like it's kind of a, we're so blessed to have it. Like it's like we're a non-commoditized business and a commoditized business. You know, like most people are cutting their prices mm-hmm. and feeling price competition. And we're just like, no, nope, here's what it is. And operators yeah. and district managers, and we're able to really be really well rewarded. And that the opportunity as a district manager, especially as a senior district manager where you are, is, is you're, you're learning to really do this at scale. Million dollar plus mm-hmm. businesses are, are and, and so it's like, I'm, I'm really running a recruiting, marketing, training, sales machine, production machine yeah. at scale. Um, and when would you get to do that in your early twenties? Yeah. Never. <laughs> and, and so then, so, and it's not, it's not an easy job to transfer into something, you know, Oh, then I'll just do that because you know, we're, we're kind of a, a unique entity, but there's no question that having a, a really great model in the future, these skills will transfer really well over into them. That's that's kind of totally. that's kind of how I look at the the district manager role. And again, for our leaders, you know, one really really important thing always to get is you're you're not as bad as you are when you're in a bad program, and you're not as good as you are when you're in a really good program. You know, so, <laughs> so and frankly, it's something to be said for Chris. Hey, I'm not I'm not really as good as 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 the numbers uh, show uh, because <laughs> I'm in this really amazing program that just gets supported because it's such a great. We, we've kind of got some real magic, magic juice here. And, you know, again, very, very focused. And, and we've done a lot of things to keep ourselves, you know, in, in, in sort of a magic space. Yeah. Um, so as, as you know, we won't talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's some secret sauce that we there all back. Now, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what would you tell a young person who wants to jump into, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, if you had to give them one piece of advice? Say, I would say take the leap, get right into it. I know that sounds kind of cliche. Um, whether that and that can be in so many different ways, though. It, it just just kind of getting involved. That can be obviously, you know, applying to student works, uh, getting mm-hmm. involved at your school. That's something I I did, and a lot of people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, even like joining online communities, going asking people out for coffee, or or going to networking events. 
mm-hmm. asking for phone calls, messaging people on LinkedIn or Instagram or anything like that. Like I've talked to so many cool people who are who are willing to help and just had really awesome conversations with them. And you know, it, it, it's not too hard to get someone on a five minute conversation if you feel like you might be interested in entrepreneurship or a particular yeah. field. And, you know, e- even if it's not the biggest conversation at the start, you can just talk to someone a few steps ahead of you and then, you know, kind of start working with them or just like even getting involved in startups. Like I've had uh, two assistants or interns in the last three years and I've been able to teach them a ton or like, you know, at minimum get really, really good exposure to what it's like, you know, being a crazy entrepreneur that doesn't really stop. Right. So, so you kind of can like dip your toes in the water in so many ways or taking advantage of kind of free, free stuff online. Like even people that are so great is, uh, and, and again, kind of like, uh, stereotypical entrepreneur stuff, but like Gary V and, uh, yeah. and Grant Cardone, they're phenomenal. And they, and their books are like, you can get a audible account for 1499 a month and just yeah. have them fill your ears with this amazing information. And, you know, I, I think a huge piece of advice as well for people that, want to get started or or want to jump in is is to have an environment that really supports you. Yeah. Whether that's your your friends, your family, whether it's a, a company like, you know, uh even just like online communities. Like you do it, it is it is tough and you do need uh some positive affirmation. You know, be careful of people you you hang out or you listen to. You know, some people think your ideas are crazy or won't believe in yeah. you or whatever, but you need people that support your crazy ideas and hold you to a high standard and push you towards your goals and hold you accountable to the things that you really want. And you can, you, you might not have that in your direct circle right now, you know, if you're hearing this, but by being resourceful, yep. finding people, whatever on the internet, or, or I seriously think like, so every, every city has a, whatever, like a little entrepreneur business hub kind of thing, yeah. right. Yeah. And every school has one. If your yeah. school doesn't have one, create one. You'll find lots of yeah. <laughs> you'll find lots of great people. Um, yeah. But that personal environment, I think that's one of the best things we have at the Student Worse Management Program. But that personal environment that you develop, and really as well, it. it I remember when I was uh, started out here, and I was early on, so we were pretty small, maybe twenty plus people in the business when I got started. I was the tenth owner operator, and then that year there were mm-hmm. like twenty, maybe twenty five, <laughs> and then. I was out looking for people like me mm. and, and then I'd find them I'd yeah. go, oh, or, or him or her. And, Oh, okay. They're like, okay, cool. And then we, you know, and they'd be part of, okay, I'm, I'm moving them into my group. Right. And I, totally. and, and again, not that I'm hanging out with them all the time, but they were part of the people who I call Jerry. What about this? Or, you know, uh, David, what about this? Samantha, what about that? And, and then, you know, there are people who are trying to do something different or unique because, there's just a lot of people in society who are likely going to see what you're working on. If it's something like this as that seems kind of crazy, that can't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Right. Like, you know, and so it's really tough to be successful in an environment where what actually is working and can work. People say it won't work and it yeah. doesn't work. It's just, just hard. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Cause it does, it, it can't, once you get in, and you do make that jump, things do just start to happen pretty naturally. And you just start to Mm -hmm. meet these people. Like one of the coolest stories that just turned into so much for me as well was the same year as, as my big, um, contract with the cannabis company, it was January and I hadn't hired, I hadn't hired a single person yet. And I'm out in the freezing cold by myself. It's, it's like 
whatever, January 28th, something like that. And I'm walking down the street and, and I'm ready to go home at 8.30 PM. I'm freezing cold. I'm by myself. And I decide right. I'm going to you know, knock on a few more houses. And, and I knock on this one guy's door and I give him the pitch. I'm like, Hey, my name's Luke. I'm a student at Western. I'm running this painting yeah. business, you know, da, da, da. And he's like, ah, you know, you're a student at Western and you're an entrepreneur. Do you ever go to Propel? And that's Western's entrepreneurship center. And I had actually mm-hmm. never been, and I really should have been going there because right. that's where you find these kind of people that I should be hanging out with. <laughs> anyway, I already got yeah. all my student work guys, right? Which is which, yeah. which is all, already enough. But then I'm like, this is awesome. So he ends up being the director of Propel, the director of the Entrepreneurship awesome. Center. So I go into his office, and he ends up telling me about this competition that I can that I can enter to be a part of this entrepreneur uh, cohort where they accept uh, ten, I think, ten to twelve students per semester. Uh, you get $7,500, which covers your tuition. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, anyway, so I went in and I had pitched and I had got accepted. So I got my pretty much my tuition paid for in my fourth Fantastic. year of school, made some of my best friends ever in this program and just got to be surrounded with these super amazing, just super incredible other entrepreneurs where now I'm learning different stuff. I'm teaching them different things. I'm really yeah. getting to realize my skill set in an environment mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Everyone's great at student work. <laughs> We're all great. Oh, yeah. No, don't worry. No, it's great. Yeah, there's lots of really great resources. And, and again, there's there's just, again, another example, right? And what did the world bend to? It bent to Luke's actions, right? And again, if Luke didn't go to Propel or the follow-up meeting or didn't go get engaged or when he's going to the meetings, if he's sort of hiding in the corner and not re-engaging with people and putting himself out there in conversations because they may not be interested, mm-hmm. then it's not going to work so well. No. So it's like, it's, it's just going and having a conversation, going yeah. to have another conversation. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I feel really comfortable here. Yeah. You know, that's also something for our leaders who are listening. Yeah, you're right. Like, like some people go, wow, networking's. I feel uncomfortable. I'm meeting all these new people. I feel uncomfortable. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Feel uncomfortable, do it anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. Feel uncomfortable, do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. And then no, all of a seriously. sudden, then all of a sudden you go, I am not uncomfortable. Because the no. reality is, is that is that Luke's knocked on a lot of doors. I've knocked on lots and lots of doors, had lots and lots of conversations. So it's really easy for me. But it's yeah. easy, not because it was easy when yeah. I was 18. Easy because I've just done it and done it and done it and done it and done it. And now Again, I can walk in a room of, you know, hundreds or thousands or fifties or whatever and just feel totally comfortable. Yeah. I can move into a conversation, move out of a conversation, but it's it's just reps, right? Yeah, it's you reps. gotta work some muscle for sure. Yeah. 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 So one one final question, uh, Luke, and I just love what you had to share on our podcast today. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? Um Great question. I would really think of someone that started uh yesterday. I think the leaders of tomorrow have already started. Uh, I think they're in action, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't think they're making excuses or sitting around. I think they're really doing. And I think, uh, you know, they're sharpening their tools in, in really any field. And it doesn't have to be glamorous. And I think, you know, I'll tell you for sure, my my dream job as a kid wasn't running a massive painting company. And I yeah. absolutely love this. And, and it's not my dream job, but it's exactly what's going to get right. me there or help me create the life I want to live and get my dream job or create my my dream job or my or my future because you know all the skills I'm learning here are going to take me to the next level or take you or anyone to the next level that are that are involved in this and I think it's a matter of just you know really really learning those soft skills because they they are transferable right and I think it's it's again almost back to the whole thinking thing like you can think all day about what the 
what the best thing you want to do is, or like, you know, you create your dream job kind of right now. And I think that's great, but I think it takes a lot of work to get there. So I think, I think you really need to find places where you can super develop yourself, Mm -hmm. where you can get mentorship and have a really, really strong community and have just like the resources or tools or exposure to see success happen and, and have people like, you know, in your network or people that you can find that are able to help you in each step of your journey. Like, I think, I guess the leaders of tomorrow are just driving towards those things right now or should be. And you can be. Or should be. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. No, as well, as Luke and I are big believers in is, is we just believe the world bends to action, Mm -hmm. right? Like action, action, action. And, uh, you know, anytime, you know, again, when we say we're stuck, what actually does stuck mean? It's mean I'm not in action. I'm stuck because I'm not in action. Right. And if we have, you know, again, we have a, yeah, I know disappointing results or, or something that didn't work down or breakdown with in relationships, right? Those all of a sudden it's like, I'm stuck mm-hmm. and it's a, because I'm not in action. And then mm-hmm. I got to go figure out how, maybe some coaching, yeah. maybe, a, maybe a run, maybe a, some, <laughs> some movement all of a sudden has me start feeling like myself again, so I can go get in action. And that's, that's what really leaders are, you know, in really challenging times, doesn't matter. They, they go get, go out and get it. Yeah. So Luke, Thanks so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow. It's it been way too long before I got you on. So oh, so, so awesome job today. Thank you. Okay, so much, thanks, my Chris. friend. Thanks. Okay, cheers. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.